This is Case Closed, one hour of mystery from the golden age of radio every Wednesday at relicradio.com. Our first story comes from Let George Do It This Week. We'll hear his episode from February 21st, 1949, titled Journey into Hate. After that, it's Jack Webb as Jeff Regan investigator in The Lost Lady. That story aired October 16th, 1948. <laughs> Standard of California, on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and standard stations throughout the West, invites you to Let George Do It. Journey into Hate, another adventure of George Valentine. Personal notice, dangers my stock and trade. If you're in a jam, you got a job for me, George Valentine. Write full details. Dear Mr. Valentine, some dreadful shadow has come over my sister's life. From thousands of miles away, she cries for help. If you knew me, you'd understand how little help I can be alone. I'm turning to you because I can't think of anyone else. The trip will take a great deal of your time. Great deal of your time and may even prove fruitless. But I can assure you I'll make it worth your while. And it's signed, uh, Janice Gibson. I wonder what kind of letters we'd get Angel of our ad didn't say right full details. Oh, I'd hate to think probably communiques in Morse code. Yeah. But Janice here doesn't sound like she's in a mental state for details. Here, yeah, let me see that letter. Here. Maybe I can get something out of her over the phone. Thousands of miles away. wonder in what direction. Do I wear an Eskimo parka or just a thin coat of suntan lotion? <laughs> Hello. Uh, Janice Gibson, please. Miss Gibson, this is George Valentine. Well, say now, wait a minute. Don't get so excited. I... Uh-huh. Leave on the Eudora. Now, have a heart. I have a business here. I, I can't just throw things in a knapsack and be off to Honolulu. Honolulu? George, I know where we can get a very big knapsack. Hold on, you, Uh, Miss Gibson, I'm afraid it's out of the question. You see, I... Yeah, well, all right, now. Well, okay, there's no need to cry. Yes, yes, I believe everything you say about your sister, but... All right, you win, Miss Gibson. I'll be there. Darling, don't you think you ought to warn the lady? Oh, yeah. One last thing, Miss Gibson. Better reserve two cabins. My assistant will be along. No, I won't disappoint you. Yes, I got it, Pier 17. Goodbye. Hey, Brooksy, where are you going? Masculine, darling. If we're going to be leaving in a few days, I've got to get some shopping done. Oh, no. I'm afraid this is really going to be a knapsack deal. Huh? Yeah. The Eudora leaves at 11 o'clock tonight. Oh, Stuart. Yes, sir. Which way is stateroom 209? Straight down that corridor, sir. It's going to take an ocean voyage to rest up after this mad rush. Just one minute, sir. Uh, Yeah? I'm the ship's doctor, sir. I just heard you ask about 209. Friends of Miss Gibson's? Well, yeah, that's right. Why? Is anything wrong? Thank heavens she has friends aboard. Uh, Here, this way. Miss Gibson isn't very well. 
Well, I know. She sounded a little hysterical on the phone today, but Emotional I... strain may have something to do with it, but uh, I suppose you know she has heart trouble. No, we didn't. I gave her something to quiet her down. Uh, when I came back later, she was in there sobbing. She wouldn't open the door. I had to go and get the key. Oh, that's dreadful. <laughs> oh, now, Miss Gibson, try to pull yourself together. Your friends are here to see you. Really? Oh, Mr. Valentine. Sure. We made a deal, didn't we? Oh, it was getting late. I was so frightened. I thought you'd changed your mind. Well, we're here now, and there's nothing to worry about. I'm Miss Brooks. Oh, uh, I'll be all right now, Doctor. Well, I'm sure you will. I'll arrange with a doctor in Honolulu to keep track of you. We'll see that you're sure to get digitalis whenever you need it. Thank you. And mind you, young lady, I don't want any more emotional shenanigans from you. I, I've made arrangements for both of you, Mr. Valentine. You just have to see the person. Well, never mind that now. You feel up to talking? Oh, I must explain. Okay. Suppose we begin with your sister. Uh, yes. Uh, Eileen's cablegram, it's somewhere here. Yes, in my purse. Oh, well, don't get up. It's right here on the tape. Eileen is my twin sister. We haven't seen each other in four years. I see. She went on a holiday to Hawaii and married an artist named Marcel Millet. They bought a tiny island not far from Honolulu, and they've lived there ever since. I think this is your case. Oh, well, let's see, Brooksy. Uh, this must be our secret, Janice, because I'm not sure this horrible thing is happening to me. And if it is, I couldn't bear anyone else knowing it. Please get here quickly. You're my only salvation. Love, Eileen. Huh? I haven't told anyone else but you, and I had to do that. If I'm going to help her. Yes, we understand. Well, I'm not going to pretend I understand this message. Now, suppose we skip on to your sister's husband. Well, I, I've never even seen a picture of Marcel. I've often wondered why she never sent me one, but as long as Eileen sounded happy in her letters, that was all that mattered. And then this, this cable is so strange, and it's not... It's not like Eileen... She was always the strong one, never hysterical. Well, now, Janice, I think maybe you ought to rest. People always wondered about that difference in us, since we are identical twins. Oh, Mr. Valentine. Okay, I... okay. We'll have days to talk about all this. Good night, Janice. Why Eileen isn't here, Mr. Valentine. I cabled her that I'd arrive on the Eudora. Eileen's usually so punctual. How would it take a magician to spot us in this crowd? Come on, let's get down to the end of the dock. Here, hold on to me, Janet. Johnny! Johnny! Oh, God. There you are. What? I beg your pardon. Well, you I... might at least kiss me. Please, don't. Hey, now, wait a minute, Buster. Why, you needn't look so shocked, Jenny's. I know I'm not the handsome specimen you probably expected, but you might try to bring yourself to. Kiss your brother-in-law. Marcel? What's that? Don't be so taken aback, my dear. <laughs> After a while, people get used to uh, ugliness. Especially when they realize that very often it has uh, compensating qualities. Huh? Oh, I didn't mean... I know what you meant. But it doesn't matter. I must say it was the easiest thing for me to spot you. <laughs> you look exactly like Eileen. It's uncanny. Oh, come along. I'll have someone take care of your baggage. Huh? I... Hope you don't mind, Marcel, but I brought two friends along. You, uh... Oh, 
Oh, these people, uh, your friends. Mr. Valentine, Miss Brooks, I want you to meet Marcio Millet, Eileen's husband. Hello, how, how do you do? do? I understand you and your wife have a whole island to yourselves. Hope there's room enough to fit us on. Well, we weren't expecting visitors, but we'll make out somehow. Besides, as an artist, I'm grateful to have beauty around me. Welcome to Hawaii, Miss Brooks. Why, thank you. Oh, wait, there's a Filipino chap over there who takes pictures of tourists. I'm sure Eileen would love to have one of you and me, Jenny's, huh? A memento of this happy occasion. Oh, Juan! Over here, quickly! Where is Eileen? How is she? Oh, she's waiting for you on the island. Wants everything to be just right for Very a sister. Very nice picture. Yes, sir. Uh, how many, please, Mr. Millet? Oh, uh, half a dozen. One, just you and I, my dear, huh? Excuse us, Valentine, Miss Brooks. Oh, sure. Yeah, sure. Very good. All right, uh, you smile nice for one. They make beautiful picture. And with my arm around a beautiful lady, that makes us even, Juan. All right, you hold still now. There, oh, that's fine. Very nice I, there. Eh? Couldn't we hurry, Marcel? Oh, immediately. Well, done. very soon. You no wait for pictures? No, Juan. My wife and I will be in from the island in a couple of days uh, to show these people the sights. All right, everybody. My car is just over there by the warehouse. Uh, thank you, Mr. Millet. You must be a happy man today. Please, you've got to tell me. I can't wait any longer. What's wrong with Eileen? In time, Janice. Then you can see for yourself. Oh, now, wait a minute. Why put it off, Marcel? Is it something you can't talk about? No, but I... Janice has a right to know she's been so worried. Apparently, you do know your wife, Cable, or you wouldn't be here. Yes. I ought to know about the cable I sent it. You had no right to do that. You made me think all kinds of things. I had to find some way to bring you here. Well, couldn't you have used a few more words in your cable to be more specific? You didn't have to indulge your flair for the melodramatic and scare Janice half to death. Unfortunately, what I said is the truth. For heaven's sake, what's wrong with her? Well, at the risk of being uh, melodramatic, my wife imagines things, fanciful, uh, grotesque things. Oh, no. Uh, she thinks everyone is plotting against her, just just waiting to kill her. Uh, she won't see a doctor, and, well, you are my only hope, Janice. I see. Yes, now, really, we must be going. After, as it is, we won't reach the island till after dark. Easy, easy now. You can't see a thing when the landing light's off. Okay, you better go first, Janice. All right. Where's that tropical moon people write songs about? Hiding tonight, Miss Brooks. I think we've got a storm coming up. Now, you just wait till I get on the dock. Oh, it's just an overgrown mongrel Eileen insisted on bringing to the island. <laughs> Lord knows we don't need any protection. There's just the two of us. I should say you'd welcome the company. Oh, I must admit, he's devoted to my wife. But I'd prefer if he kept tied up. He's a vicious beast. Oh, the house is right up here. Oh, oh, now what's wrong with her? You can't mean that's Eileen. I think I saw her run around that side of the house. Well, Marcel, don't just stand there. Well, if she intends to hide, as she usually does, we'll never find her till morning. But we've got to do something. Uh, Valentine, there's a flashlight on the porch in the back. You and Miss Brooks can look for her out there near the cliff. Okay. You come with me, Johnny, son. But first I want to tie this animal up. 
Brooksy, no matter what Millet says, the first thing we're going to do is get a light on in that house. Now, you do that, and I'll go around and get the flash. Oh, c- c- couldn't we kind of do those things together? No time, Angel. I'll oh. make it snap. Oh, golly. Oh. Burn the place. Uh, this house is nothing more than an oversized thatch hut, anyway. There. You're pretty, aren't you? Uh, who are you? That's my question to you. Why did Marcel bring you here? Are you one of those simpering ladies he trips off to see now and then? Get away from me! You know, he does have a strange fascination, that ugly Casanova. And if I thought you and he I'd were... hate to haul off and hit a stranger, but I could force myself. You better listen to it, sister. What? The young lady's quite capable of taking care of herself. Yeah. Looks as though Marcel's decided to turn this place into a resort. Now, look, I've been fumbling around in the dark long enough. Since you're not Eileen Millet, who are you? How did you get here? Miriam Denton's the name. House guest, model. Lately, I've turned into a nurse for Marcel's mad wife. If you want to know anything else about me, ask him. <sighs> Well, George, what are we going to do? All right now, Angel, we're going down to the boat landing and get my gun out of the luggage. George, boat's gone. I wouldn't mind that so much, Brooksy. But that means there's something else missing, too. Huh? My gun. Oh, fine. Yeah. This weird little drama calls for us being permanent guests in this tropical paradise. Turn to tonight's adventure of George Valentine in just a moment. You know, in every town, when 5 p.m. rolls around, there's a big parade, a traffic parade of folks who are homeward bound. If you're part of this daily parade, and if your car has so little pep that you have to stay in the creep-along lane, better switch to Chevron Supreme gasoline. It's a high-octane fuel blended to put command performance in your car. You'll find Chevron Supreme commands speedy pickup at every green light, smooth acceleration on the open highway, and all the extra power to make your car great on hills. A premium quality gasoline, it also commands fast starts every time you use the starter. For Chevron Supreme is climate-tailored, tailored to the different altitude and temperature zones between Canada and Mexico. So wherever you drive in the West, Rely on Chevron Supreme to give your car command performance. Try a tank full tomorrow at a standard station or an independent Chevron gas station where they say, and mean, we take better care of your car. And now, back to tonight's adventure of George Valentine. In answer to her twin sister's plea, Janice Gibson comes to you with a strange assignment, namely to travel thousands of miles to a tiny island just off Honolulu. If you have George Valentine's keen instinct, something about the whole journey bothers you. You see how right you were when you arrive at the island and hear a piercing scream in the night, Janice Gibson's sister disappearing into the jungle. Can anyone hear the storm out there? Does anyone care if my sister's out in it? We don't care. 
Very deeply, Janice. But we'll never find Eileen if she doesn't want to be found, huh? Oh, I'd tonight. like to disagree with Millay, Janice, but I'm afraid he's right. You've seen what it's like out there. Incidentally, Mr. Millay, what happened to the boat? And why did you leave Janice alone? Yes, you asked me to wait and never came back. I thought it might be a good idea to circle the island. But don't worry, the boat is quite safe where it is. Yeah, I'm sure it's well hidden. What's that? Skip it, Buster. I'm going to look for her. Hey, Janice, stop. Listen to me. No, no, let go of me. Proxy, take her upstairs and stay with her. Any one of the guest rooms makes no difference. Come on, honey. You've got to think of yourself, too. Think of myself again. I've got to get rid of that blasted dog. What's the matter, Marcel? You seem nervous. You shouldn't be. You've got a gun. My gun, to be exact. What do you mean? It's missing from my luggage. Valentine, I don't know what you're talking about. And I don't like your insinuation. I'm not insinuating anymore. I'm going to find out the reason for everything that's happened. There's only one reason. I was at my rope's end. The only person I could think of with Eileen was her sister. Uh-huh. What's happened tonight may have upset you and Miss Brooks, but I did not ask you to share in it. Now listen to me, my friend, and listen carefully. I have no choice. Why don't you hit me? Don't tempt me. It happens I don't want to bring things to a head because I have my own plans for tomorrow. Really? If I made a cup of tea, could I persuade you gentlemen to be civilized? <sighs> Here's your persuasion on Marcel here, Miss Denton. And while you're at it, you might persuade him not to let those fancy maneuvers with the gun and the boat go to his head. What are you waiting for? I didn't expect her to bring those people. It changes our plans. But he suspects them. Do you think I'm a fool? I know that. I've got to have a chance to think. You wouldn't stop to think if you really loved me. You do, don't you? What a woman. Love and murder in the same breath. I told you, Miriam, give me a chance to think. Janice this morning? No, Brooksy. I thought she was still upstairs with you. Well, I left her for a few minutes, but when I came back, she wasn't there. Oh, I thought you knew, Mr. Valentine. Knew what? Miss Gibson went out with Marcel. Naturally, she's anxious to find her sister. Well, isn't that something we're all going to do together? I didn't know what your plans were. Not much you didn't. You know darn Stay well... Brooksy. Come on. Oh. Hey, George. Well, easy, easy. What's the matter, fella? What's bothering you? Easy, boy. Well, we're going to go for a little walk. What are you talking about, George? Just what I said, Angel. Wait a minute. Hey, our fella, take a whiff of this. What have you got there, George? One of Eileen's handkerchiefs. Yeah, and I think our canine friend here knows what I mean. Come on, boy. Now we can go for that walk. Coming back to this spot. Yeah, I know, I know. There's nothing here but the beach. What is it? There seems to be some kind of a cave in the side of this tomb. Yeah, that's where he wants to go. Look at him. Here, hold him, Angel. Okay. While I see if I can tear away some of these vines. George, I don't know if I can hold it. It'll just be a minute. I want to see if. What is it? Oh, good Lord. No, Brooksy, stay where you are. If this dog will only let me. Give me, I'll take him. But don't go in there. George, is it... Eileen, a bullet in her head. Oh, no. But, George, last night she was alive, all somewhere by herself. Nobody could even find her. That's where we were all wrong. Last night, Eileen was already dead. What? 
But we heard her scream. That was Miriam who put on that little act. She was also the shadow we saw disappear around the side of the house. Oh. Well, what does Marcel expect to gain by all this? He's probably turning that over in his mind right now. And that's why we have to find him and Janice before he has a chance to make another move. so useless, George. There are so many places on this island he could have taken Janet. Well, there's only one thing in our favor, Brooksy. Marcel has to make this piece of mayhem look like an accident. That's the whole idea. Yeah, I know. You keep saying <coughs> Easy now. Quiet, fella. Don't you see, Brooksy, he intends to pass Janice off as Eileen. He did it very successfully yesterday. That photographer took it for granted Janice was his wife. Uh-huh. Well, I can see how he could have given everybody that impression. Yeah, the loving couple returned to the island. Wife has an unfortunate accident. He can report it as such to the police and collect the insurance because there's no sign of violence. Something he couldn't do with Eileen, who sports a prominent bullet. Well, I wonder what's eating him. George! Hey, up there on that cliff! Yeah, Brooksy, come on. No! No, going to kill me! Oh, golly, George! Okay, Malay. See if you got an answer for this. All right, fella, go get him! Hey, I've got an answer. I've been waiting a long time to do this. Oh, Janice, honey, come down here. It's gone, man. You killed us all. Oh, Mr. Rose. Here, Brooksy, you take care of it. I want to see what he intends to do next. Claire, he told me about Eileen. Yes, I know, honey. He was going to push me into the ocean. Make it look like an accident. Hey, where you are. The three of you. You're riding for a fall, Buster. You make another move toward me and I let the women have it first. You know, I have no compunction about it either. Yeah, I know. You're a brave boy when it comes to shooting dogs and women. Keep you away from me. Oh, please. Don't, please. Janice, don't. Once more, your intrusion interfere with my plans, Valentine. It breaks my heart. I suppose the best way to do it, after all, is to get rid of the three of you at once. I think we're going to have another little storm tonight. It's the time of year, you know. We can do without the weather report. Oh, yes, yes. The story will go something like this. Despite my urgent pleas... The three of you insisted on taking the boat out into the storm. Aren't you satisfied you killed my sister? What else do you of want? Of course, I shall be interested in recovering the body of only one of the foolhardy trio. The one the police will accept as my late, beloved wife. Doesn't Miriam Denton understand that she may be next on your list someday? What does she see in you, anyway? She sees in me a man who won't let anything stand between him and his dream. Now, let's go back to the house and make the best of this waiting. Marcel, get this over with. In a few minutes, I think we can be ready. Of course, Valentine, I shall have to shoot you and Miss Wolfs. I couldn't expect you to jump into the water at my command, eh? Why don't you stop posturing? No, no, let him go on, Miriam. He just wants to show you how much power he has. All because he didn't turn out to be a Clark Gable. Shut up, Valentine. I'm as good as any man. Better. You're not a man. You're something that crawls. I'm something that uses his brain, Miss Wolfs. Since no one knows Janice is here, the insurance company will have a question of routine police report on my wife's death. We'll be able to do a lot of things with $50,000. Won't we, Miriam? Yes, if you'll only stop talking. Not afraid anymore. 
I'm just sorry I got you and Claire into this thing. I'm so glad to see you take this philosophically, Janice. I doubt if I would have had many more years to live anyway. You kept telling me it could be Don't say any more, Janice. Why do you stop her? What was she going to say? She was just going to crack a very grim joke, Marcel. And it happens to be on you. What do you mean? And don't get up. Stay where you are. No, I feel like walking around. You know what I'll do if I try... You're not going to do anything. What's more, you're not going to live to spend that 50000 Be careful, Marcel. Something's happened in the last four years that you don't know anything about. Something that's going to hang a crepe on that rosy future of yours. You don't say. Yeah. Janice has been ill, very ill. Under constant care of a doctor. What's that to do with me? Now, let's get started. Come on. Andre Boyard, M.D. What? Uh-huh. I thought you'd recognize the name. Dr. Boyard. The best heart specialist in Honolulu. Of course. The one the ship's doctor mentioned. What is this? He more than mentioned him, Marcel. He gave the doctor specific instructions to locate Janice. Very soon now, he'll do just that. You're lying. And the picture you were so anxious to have taken, it'll only prove that it was Eileen's twin sister who arrived. Miriam, you heard what he said. Look at Janice. There's nothing wrong with her, is there? Is there? Marcel! You're as good as cook, brother, and you did it yourself. No, no! Watch out for him! Don't let me break your arm. Let go of the gun. I've got it, George. Well, Marcel, what is it now that stands between the man and his dream... Hey, look, Brooksy, why the purse's office? Oh, I told you. A friend of mine wanted me to inquire about a honeymoon cruise on the Eudora. Honeymoon cruise, huh? Mm-hmm. Friend, huh? What friend? Oh, you wouldn't know him. But he has nice, broad shoulders. Just about your height. Uh-huh. And he uh, calls his girlfriend Angel. <laughs> One of those gooey characters, huh? Uh-huh. Yes, uh, what can I do for you folks? Well, we want to find out about a honeymoon cruise. Something in the near future. Oh. I think we can accommodate you now. Just what would you like? Well, darling, I just described the potential groom to you. What do you think he'd like? Yeah. Uh, look, friend, do you have a nice long cruise scheduled for, uh, let's say, 1952 or 3? Now, really, this is some kind of a joke. Well, please, mister, don't play so fast and loose with my life. I beg your pardon. This is the nearest to first base I've gotten yet. I think everyone will agree that cutting down the cost of car operation is an economy step in the right direction. And if there's anyone who hears more about budgeting and economizing than a grocer, who is he? Mr. J.W. Hogan of 301H Street, Bakersfield, California, is a grocer, and here's his statement about RPM motor oil. Quote, I must confess I don't know much about a car, but there's one thing I'm sure of. I haven't had to spend one cent for repairs since I started using RPM motor oil in 1945. And thousands of other users of RPM, folks in all walks of life, have had the same success with this premium motor oil. For RPM is specially compounded to keep your car's engine clean, to fight off internal rust and corrosion, to keep cylinder walls cool when engine temperatures get hottest. So for protection you trust, and the finest wear-saving lubrication. Give your car a break by giving it RPM motor oil. Ask for it at independent Chevron gas stations 
And at standard stations, where they say and mean, we take better care of your car. Next week, when the telephone wakes George Valentine out of a sound sleep, you'll hear him saying... Yeah? George, wake up! Uh, huh? We got a letter this morning you're uh, gonna love. Harger is right in the middle of it. Huh? Harger? Yeah. Oh, I hope it's something big. I'd like to nail him good. Well, if you can, it will be good. Meet me at Molly's Cafe, 12 Sharp. Yeah, got it. Hey, you know, Angel, I was just thinking. How nice it'd be to have your dulcet voice wake me up every morning. Oh, well, I got news for you, Mr. Valentine. That could be arranged. Tonight's adventure of George Valentine has been brought to you by Standard of California on behalf of independent Chevron gas stations and Standard stations throughout the West. Let George Do It stars Robert Bailey as George with Francis Robinson as Claire. Tonight's story was written by David Victor and Herbert Little Jr. and directed by Don Clark. Also heard in the cast were Virginia Gregg as Janice, Gerald Moore as Marcel Millet, Louise Arthur as Miriam, Jack Crucian as Juan, and Earl Keane as the purser. The music is composed and presented by Eddie Dunstetter, your announcer, John Heaston. Listen again next week, same time, same station, to Let George Do It. Since America began, from all of the world have come men and women of every race, every religion, every cultural background. And into this land they brought a stirring concept, brotherhood. Let's remember that, especially now, during Brotherhood Week. My name's Regan. I get ten a day on expenses from a detective bureau run by a guy named Anthony J. Lyon. They call me the Lion's Eye. With Jack Webb as Jeff Regan investigators, stand by for hard-boiled action and mystery and thrilling adventure in tonight's story of The Lost Lady. You'll find it in Hollywood, jammed in between Van Ness and Wilton. Right off the boulevard. Taft Avenue. Starts at a furniture store, runs for about a block, and then crosses Franklin. What happens to it after that, I don't know. I only go as far as the gray apartment building on the even number side. About the first thing you see. Figures that the guy who built my place never read the earthquake laws. A good crap game and shake it loose. Well, that's where I live. Apartment 308. In the back, where I can keep an eye on a brass drain pipe and a Tired out palm tree. I got a coffee pot and a bed that comes out of the wall. It isn't much, but the phone company had to have an address. That's where I was last Monday night, about 8 o'clock. Some Cleveland fans were running up a house tab in the apartment above me when the phone rang. I thought it might be somebody from Boston. It was the lion. Regan, I'm calling you from the office. I stayed late tonight. You should have joined the union. We 
got a new client. Yeah? Her name's Isabel Sanchez. I just talked to her. You make a date? She flew in from Mexico City tonight on American Airlines. She needs help. They're saying that about the Democrat. Comes from a fine family. Lots of influence in Mexico. Try the State Department. She came all the way to Los Angeles to see her sister, but she's disappeared. Did you tell her about the missing persons bureau? I told her about you. What do you mean? You're going to find her sister. I'm no St. Bernard. You'll do till I can feed one. Besides, she could go to the Mexican Council if she wanted to. What's that got to do with it? Remember the Pan-American Conference? We gotta be nice to this dame. Yeah, well, don't make up a contract. I already did. She gave me 200 bucks. What else did you get? She'll tell you the rest. Don't you ever ask questions. That's your job. She's got a room at the Belmont. Hop over there and see her. She's expecting you to find her sister. Is that all? That's enough. Call me after you talk to her. I hope her check bounces. Don't worry. She paid cash. Well, you can tell that the lion only stayed in school long enough to learn how to spell dollar. It took me about 20 minutes to get over to her hotel. Isabel Sanchez had a room on the sixth floor. I found it on the Wilshire side. 610 it was. She was a tall, blonde girl, not the least bit pretty. She had a mouthful of good-looking teeth, but she never learned how to use them in a smile. You're Mr. Regan? That's right. Come in. Please excuse me. I'm still unpacked. Come in. All right. I'm so glad you're here. I suppose Mr. Lyon told you everything. Your sister's missing. You want to talk to me? Yes. Oh, it's terrible. An awful vacant feeling. I was so looking forward to seeing Carmen again. We were very close. You talk like you don't expect to see her. Something might have happened to her. Like what? I don't know. She's always been so independent and, well, strange. Well, a lot of people have their own ideas. I'm embarrassed telling you this. You've got to tell somebody. Well, Carmen left home against my father's wishes. How old is Carmen? Twenty-two. What was the guy's name? What do you mean? Ah, come on. i got to have it all, lady. There was a man in it. Yes. Martin Chambers. From here in L.A.? Carmen met him once in Mexico City. Thought she was in love with him. When was this? A year ago. She followed him back. Yes. You took a long time to catch up. I've been very concerned about Carmen. I received this letter from her a few days ago. It was the first word since she left home. Here. You can see it's not much. She asked me to come here. I took the first plane. Mm-hmm. What about this address? There's no such place. I went there right from the airport. Who sent you to us? You're in the phone book. Is that all you got? Well, I have a picture, and it isn't very good. It's a snapshot here. Uh-huh. Blonde, huh? A little darker than mine. The same height. We wore each other's clothes. Who else did she know? Just Martin Chambers. Oh, no. Now, wait a minute. She mentioned a Dr. Menlo in her letter. Did she need a doctor? She just said he'd been very kind to her. That isn't very much to go on. I know, but you will follow every lead. Yeah, sure. What are you scared of? Why do you ask that? It's a warm night. You got the shakes. I had a long trip. Oh, yeah, I forgot. You know this, Chambers? Yes. You like him? No. What's that you got there in your hand? An evening gown. Why? You didn't bring that for me. Our story was smooth, but the clothes didn't fit. All the labels that showed said New York City. I went downstairs to a phone booth, and I got a hold of a friend of mine in the CAA. He checked into it, and he told me that nobody named Isabel Sanchez came in on that Mexico City flight. 
how the whole thing looked phony like a fan dancer in long underwear. Well, it was about 11 o'clock when I got over to the lion's place. It was a cold night, but the lion looked warm. What do you want, Regan? I'm busy. So am I. I've been looking at that Sanchez dame. Tell me about Lamont. No, I'm going to tell you about it right now. It's no good. What do you mean? It's another bum client. She gave me 200 bucks. Her clothes are out of New York. Maybe she came the long way. She didn't come in on American. So she's got a donkey. All you got to do is find her sister. I just told you she's a pony. Let me worry about that. Well, you can start now. Here. Watch this. The letter and the picture. That's all the lead I got. Now, wait a minute, Regan. What about our contract? New Year's is coming up. You'll need confetti. I can't do a thing like that. We've got a moral obligation. And 200 bucks. I'm thinking of our reputation. I've given our word. Take it back. That girl's a stranger in a foreign land. She came to us for help. Oh, stop it, will you? If there was a quarter in the bay, you'd drop your mother overboard and tell her to hold her nose. You're getting out of line, Regan. If she came up with kelp, you'd ring her out for iodine. That's enough. We got a case and you're going to handle it. You're going to handle it. I quit. And I know this girl looks suspicious, but we have to give our clients the benefit of the doubt. Why didn't you send her to missing person? I'll keep this picture and check with them first thing in the morning. You follow up that Menlo in the letter. Well, a guy named Chambers has got priority. Who's that? The girl's got a love story. It's getting cold out here. Check me in the morning. I'll do that. Remember, Regan, we always work hand in hand. Yeah. That's why I never wear a ring. Well, it was too late to do anything else, so I went home and pulled that bed out of the wall. The next morning, I found a Martin Chambers listed in the city directory with an address on Laurel. Turned out to be a two-story apartment building about the color of a bride's blush. And it was wrapped around a swimming pool the size of a birdbath. Chambers' name wasn't on the mailbox, but a skinny guy with a load of bedsheets told me I could find the manager in apartment 15. When she answered the door, her voice sounded like a beer truck in low gear. Hello, Sonny, looking for an apartment? You got one? Nope. Come on in. You having some coffee? You want some? No, I'll pass. You don't know me, do you? I just got here. I played the palace in 26. Ah, oh, them was the days. Write it up and sell it to the movies. Damn slobs. Central Casting had called me in four years. You got a card? AFRA, SAG, and the Musicians' Union. I play French horn. None of them call me. I figure it's a record band. I'll talk to Petrillo. I hate this dump. A third husband gave it to me. By the way, what are you doing here, Sonny? I'm looking for a man named Martin Chambers. What do you want him for? Talk to him. Cop? No. The day that guy moved in, I had him pegged for a gigolo. His hair was too curly. Some women like that. Not me. I used to have to chase him around the swimming pool to get his rent. You're using the past tense. Where is he now? Forest lawn. That's one way to break a lease. He got boozed up about six months ago and drove off to Malibu Pier. Took him three days to fish him out. Straighten his hair? Yeah, it sure did. <laughs> oh, wait a minute here. I, I kind of like you, Sonny. You get around, don't you? Yeah, when the weather's good. Ever run into Louis B? No, not yet. If you do, mention my name, will you? What is it? Just say that Goldie McMasters was asking for him. He'll remember old Goldie. How could he forget? Palace in 26. When I left, she was thumbing through an old variety. She looked unhappy like a banjo player with a paper pick. Well, what she told me about Chambers took the leading man out of the picture, but there was a bit player named Menlo. Well, I called the office of a Paul Menlo, but they said he wasn't in that day, so I drove out to his address in Encino. With a ranch house poured all over the top of a hill. From the looks of the place, Dr. Menlo must have been getting over-sealing for his cough drop. 
I parked my car by the gate and followed the flagstones up to the front door. When I pressed the button, I heard something that sounded like chamber music. The door opened in the middle of the second court. Good morning. I want to see Dr. Menlo. Your name, please? Regan. You'll have to call the doctor's office, Mr. Regan. I already did. And they must have told you the doctor doesn't see any patients at his home. Yeah, well, I'm not sick. Keep it up and you will be. Beat it, Pilgrim. No, I came here to see the doctor. You don't want to see you. Uh, get your hands off me, punk. Once I hit a guy in the ear, it busted his leg. Pack. I can handle this guy, Vicky. Stop that. Get out, Pack. Be in the back if you want. You ever been a referee? I've been a lot of things. Come in, Mr. Regan. I uh, apologize for him. He's so eager. Isn't this better? No, everybody's eager now. Anxious is a better word. Hmm. I like blue serge. It's an effect on me. He's the doctor's helper? I hold his stethoscope. My name is Vicky Starr. I'd like to see him. He's busy. Where do I wait? Hmm? Might be quite a while. He just opened the bottle. Well, then I'm right on time. Paul's not sociable like me. He drinks alone. He gets more that way. Let me entertain you. What can you do? Watch. Oh, no, no. Easy, baby. I don't know how to fix a fracture. I've already got a man that can do that. I want one with brains. What's the matter with the doctor? He keeps his in cold storage. Hasn't used him for a long time now. Oh, I don't know. He's done all right. This place? He'd be selling papers if his wife hadn't left him a good insurance policy. Don't you like his money? <laughs> don't get me wrong. I like being secure, but... The girl has feelings, too. Mm-hmm. They're beginning to show. I'm glad I met you. Why? We're going to have some nice afternoons. It's football season. I have some free time. Want to hear me on the piano, for instance? No, I don't sing. I'll teach you. Paul says I should have an outside interest. Well, keep looking. You'll find one. You smile, girl, but you talk nasty. You started this conversation, sis. Max is still in the kitchen. I came here to see Menlo. You didn't say what about. I'll tell him. There's the phone. Call and make an appointment. Yeah, I'll be... Oh, Vicky, who is it this time? His name's Regan. He hasn't got a business card. Come back, show him out. You, Dr. Menlo? Yes. Should I turn all my patients over to another doctor? Yeah, well, I know one you forgot. Tell me who. Carmen Sanchez. Go ahead, Vicky. I'll talk to him. Watch yourself, Paul. He doesn't know how to be nice. It'll only take a minute. I'll crack the mic. Good nurse. She's out of uniform. We're casual. You said I had a patient named Carmen Sanchez. Who told you that? Somebody she knew? Your relative? Friend. You heard some wrong information, mister. I never heard of Carmen Sanchez. I read about you in a letter. Must have been another Menlo. No, there's only one with a license. You peak, too. Twenty-five a day? Ten. I work for another guy. Who? Lion. Lion's eye. Okay. You're still at the wrong house. You want to show me your files? Why not? Come on. Okay. Hey, keep a duplicate at home. Help yourself. Want a drink? Too early. You don't mind if I have one? No. <clears throat> Anything? Not under Sanchez, no. Now, do you believe me? She could have used another name. Got any ideas? Blonde girl, 5'4", brown eyes. He's nuts. You ever know a man named Chambers? Yeah. In high school, back in Denver. Drove a truck. Well, that doesn't help. 
I'm sort of retired now. Well, that's what Vicky said. Nice girl. Talks to everybody. You satisfied? Not yet. Don't mention it. Always glad to help out. There's easier ways to make a living. Yeah, I haven't got a wife with an insurance policy. A year ago, I'd have broke you in half for that. Now, it doesn't matter. You can find the door. I'll be back. Don't bother, Regan. Doctor will be out. I left him sitting there with a glass of rye in his hand. It wasn't much of an interview, but there was a story somewhere. What Menlo didn't have in his files, he was keeping in his head. and figured he might open up if I showed him that snapshot in the letter. While I drove back to town, I put in a call to the lion. Nobody answered at the office, so I went home. When I opened my door, I caught a load of taboo. Isabel Sanchez was wearing a dress she must have put on with a shoehorn. He's got the nicest janitor. He thinks I'm your sister. Where'd you meet him? He was in the lobby when I came in. I've been waiting for you. Yeah, well, we got an office, you know. No one answered when I rang. I wanted to be sore and see you before I left. Taking a trip? I leave for Mexico City first thing in the morning. Well, it was a short visit. It was long enough. What about your sister? That's what I came here to tell you. I found Cobb. Oh, you did? Or rather, Common found me. I feel foolish now, calling in a detective service and all that. Why? Well, Common came to my hotel about noon today. And you imagine she's been looking for me. Last night you said she didn't have an address. Oh, that was another silly thing. Only it was her mistake. She's not very good at it. Where is she now? <laughs> she's out buying a few things and packing. I've convinced her to come home with me. All right. Now you want to know what I found? Why on earth should I? I have my sister. You were worried about a man named Chambers last night. Come tell me she hasn't seen him for months. Did she tell you about her doctor? Uh, no. I met him. Only he said he never saw her. Oh, is that so? Well, Mr. Regan, I do appreciate your services. Please thank Mr. Lyons for his kindness. I'm sorry I won't be able to see him. He's going to be sorry, too. You'll give him this envelope with $100 in it. You're paid up. It's for all the unnecessary trouble I've caused. And Mr. Regan, it's all confidential. You read the contract. I wouldn't want any of it to get back. You know. You know some of the wrong kind, do you? Thank you, Dan. Bye. Hello? You run any expenses on this thing today? No, I didn't. Good. It's all over. Isabel said she didn't see you. There's a guy named Gallagher in missing persons. Got an eye like an eagle. He took one look at that snapshot and opened a file. What kind of file? Dead and unclaimed. What do you mean? Carmen Sanchez has been dead a year. And the county buried it. You are listening to the story of the lost lady. Tonight's adventure with Jeff Regan, investigator. Before we continue with tonight's story, here's an important message from the Adjutant General's office. The Army Nurse Corps Reserve still has commissions available for graduate registered nurses between the ages of 21 and 45. If you believe you qualify for a commission in the Army Nurse Corps Reserve, apply to the Adjutant General, Washington, D.C. And now, back to the story of the lost lady and Jeff Regan, investigator. Well... 
there are enough angles in this thing to write a new geometry book. Isabel Sanchez came to Los Angeles to find her sister, Carmen. She called in the lion and started me digging. A doctor named Menlo out in Encino used a milk bottle for a jigger. He was heavy on green stuff but light on memory. He gave me nothing but an ice cube. His girlfriend, Vicky, was a little different. She gave me a warm glow, but I still drew a blank on the missing sister. Then Isabel walked into my place and said she'd found Carmen and called off the chase. That's about when the lion rang and said that he'd found her, too, only his version was a little different. He was holding down a plot in the county cemetery. He'd been dead a year. Well, I caught a cab and I went over to her hotel. A small man with a bald head opened the door and looked at me like I was trying to crash a coming out party. Yes? I'm looking for Isabel Sanchez. Are you a friend? She won't think so. She's uh, uh, not available. All right, I'll wait. What I mean is, could you come back later? What's wrong with her now? Oh, well, you see... Uh, All right, come on, Buster. Let's throw it in gear. Are you a guest of the ocean? No. Uh, could you please tell me the nature of your business? I want to see Isabel. I'm sorry. I, I can't let you in until you tell me who you are. Regan, International Detective Bureau. She's a client. Oh, come in. I'm Dr. Stanwyck, the house physician. She need one? Not anymore. Look to yourself. How long has she been this way? Two hours, I think. Bellboy found her a few minutes ago. She drank a lot. Alcoholic poisoning. Yeah. Oh, Mr. Regan, uh, when a thing like this occurs, naturally we don't like it to get around to the other guests. You'll use discretion, I presume. I'll be as quiet as she is. Thank you, Mr. Regan. We appreciate it. Uh-huh. The elevator's to your right. I got a good memory. Regan. What are you doing here? Come to talk to our client. You'll need a Ouija board. What you mean? She's dead. Why'd you let that happen? She wouldn't have done you any good. What you talking about? Yeah, all right. You go to Isabel. You say your sister's buried on the county, but it'll take a little cash to keep it out of the newspapers. Not so loud. Go back to your contest, Blank's big shot. That Sanchez name didn't come from Mexico and she wasn't rich. You mean she's been lying? I told you that yesterday. All right, we'll close the Sanchez case. Oh, no, we won't. It's still wide open. Where you going? To buy an air wing. I went down to the Hall of Records. It's a brown building off Temple. It leans over like an old lady with a short cane. I took the elevator upstairs and I walked down to Vital Statistics. The place was empty except for a guy sitting behind the desk. He had on a black suit with dust on the shoulders. His fingernails were dirty and he was reading a dictionary. He must have been at a good part because he looked mad when I nudged him. We're not out of thought. Quick, shove it. I want some information. That's what I'm here for. I'm a public servant. Now, let's get to the death files, will you? You're a morbid guy. You got a lot of stuff from births and marriages. Ask me something about that. Carmen Sanchez died a year ago in August. Tell me what's wrong. Okay. How'd you spell it? Just like it sounds. Okay. Hey. Pepper tea, flowers, Sanaki, pamper. Oh. That's what happened to old Sandy. Mm. No wonder I ain't seen him around. Get the Sanchez. All right. I got the Sanchez. Carmen, 22, date of death, 8, 30, 47, alcoholic poisoning. She drank a lot. Who signed the certificate? P.E. Menlo, M.D. Thanks. Next time, make it something hard. All right. Try this. Menlo's wife died about the same time. <clears throat> Master, Marie, Melbourne, Babbitt, hmm, Babbitt, hmm? Menlo, Sylvia. 34 9, 247, alcoholic poisoning. Certification? P.E. Menlo. 
That guy can't keep a patient. Well, I left when I went back out into the street. It was almost five and the traffic was heavy. I started to cross the street to a sandwich shop on the corner. A yellow cab raced me to the sidewalk, but I won. I went inside and a skinny waitress with peanut-colored hair brought me a cup of stale coffee and a burnt hamburger. I sat there and I tried to figure it. It was like swimming through a tidal wave in hip boots. Three deaths from the same thing and Menlo's name on every one of them. Well, the answers weren't in the coffee cup, so I went home, picked up my car, and drove out to Menlo's place in Encino. The drive was nice, and so was the reception. I built a fire. I forgot the marshmallows. We'll think of something else. You know, I'm not mad anymore. Still looking for your doctor. Let me take care of it. No, I want to see him. You'll have to wait again. When's he going to climb out of that bottle? We had dinner at a place on Ventura. Paul found the bar. Let's stay till it closes. I better go there. Questions again? Maybe. I know some swell answers. I bet you do. I've worked for him a long time. One year. How did you know? This is my night off. You here all along? Isn't it terrible? Anything. How do you like it? Your way? It's better. Now, let's have a nice, quiet evening. Don't you and me. I had a feeling you'd be back. That way you wore that? Like it? Well, you got talent, lady. Discover me. It's been a famine of men like you. You don't look underfed. Why didn't I meet you sooner? We didn't travel in the same crowd. Let's start over. Do you keep his files? What's that got to do with us? They'd never pass inspection. Are you talking about something I should know? Carmen Sanchez. What about her? She died. Menlo signed her death certificate. Paul's lost lost patience. He's not very good. Did I tell you I played the piano? He told me some other things. Did I? They make a good story. I don't like stories. Well, I'm going to tell you anyway. I thought we were going to have a nice quiet evening. A girl walked in his office one day and dropped dead. Good opening. Why'd she do that? Alcoholic poisoning. She was a nobody named Carmen Sanchez. Story's getting dull. There was a snapshot in her pocketbook. Not much help. When does the uh, action begin? Right now, lady. The doctor's wife had an insurance policy. He convinced her to take a trip. Why'd he want to do a thing like that? So he could pull a name fix and collect his wife's insurance. He had a body. No one will ever believe this plot. He buried an empty box. How do you know? I'm going to have somebody dig it up. What about the body? He turned that over to the county. Everybody looks happy ever after. Don't you like my music? You're going to have to take up the harmonica, lady. Why? The gas chamber isn't big enough for a piano. Who's going to the gas chamber? You, maybe. An insurance fraud's one thing. Murder's a longer rap. You haven't touched your drink. I don't like mine that strong. Now, come on, lady, get your coat. Max! I thought you were alone. I lied. Hello, Regan. You look excited. It's tough, Max. Yeah, that's easy. Soften him up. Oh. Oh. I was in a white room when the trip ended. I tried to move my head, but it felt like a grand piano. So I just lay there. Pretty soon, somebody put something damp on my face, and I began to see things. Vicky was there, Max. So was Menlo. If I'd have had a deck of cards, we could have played a pinochle game. Menlo looked kind of upset, like an ostrich with a sore throat. He had a needle in his hand. I get the shake. You're all right, Paul. Now go ahead. 
just like Isabel. You should have stayed out, Regan. Well, I wanted one more look at you, baby. I hate to see the nice ones go, but it'll all be over in a minute. All right, Paul. Give me a drink, Pinky. Never mind. Hurry up. Let me have a drink. Oh, you're too slow, Mac. Yeah? Keep away from me, Mac. I'll kill you. Yeah. Put down keep gun. away from me. I swear I'll... Oh. I told you to keep away. Oh. Menlo slugged for Kara Max, but Vicky shot Menlo twice. And his knees knocked together. He began to pitch around like a toy balloon in a hurricane. He dropped his gun, but he held onto the needle. Then he slumped forward and made a grab for Vicky, and they both went down. He jammed the needle into her arm. Same stuff you used on Isabel? Yeah. <laughs> no colors. Alcoholic voice. I'll straighten them up. They can move my head. Yeah. Here. He'd never make it. Please, Reagan. Give me five good reasons. Five good reasons? I got Vicky. I'll never use the needle again. And... You only gave me two. Well, we didn't hear from the suburbs, but there were enough ballots to make it an election. Homicide got the insurance commissioner down there, and he threw in a vote. Seems that Isabel Sanchez was Menlo's wife, only her name was Sylvia. When a dame named Carmen Sanchez dropped dead in his office, Menlo got kind of ambitious. He talked his wife into the switch, and, well, everything might have worked out. Except one night when he was seeing elephants, he told Vicky the whole thing. She set the squeeze play with Max in the dugout. When Sylvia got back and saw how things were, she called herself Isabel Sanchez and went to the lion with a story about a lost sister. I was hired for scare work, and when she figured they had enough, she called me off, but it didn't take. And you know the rest. Well, the insurance company issued a fee for exposing a defraud, and the lion got his picture on page one. It was right next to Vicky's. He was wearing one of those French swimming suits. The lion said, that'd do us a lot of good. It did. We each got a free bathing suit. Jack Webb is featured as Jeff Regan with Herb Butterfield as Anthony J. Lyon. It's CBS at the same time next week for more hard-boiled action and mystery with Jeff Regan, the investigator. Written by E. Jack Newman and Larry Roman. Produced by Sterling Tracy. The role of Vicky Starr was played by Yvonne Patey. Lorraine Tuttle was Isabel Sanchez. Ken Christie played Dr. Paul Menlo. And Larry Dobkin was Max Brenner. Original music for this program is by Milton Charles. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. more from Let George Do It, Jeff Regan, Investigator, Case Closed, and all of the other Relic Radio podcasts at relicradio.com. Lots to listen to there, all for free. Thanks to your support. If you'd like to help out, visit donate.relicradio.com or click on one of the links on the website. 
Your support makes this show and all of the shows possible. Thank you, as always, to those who have helped out. Thanks for joining me this week. I'll be back next Wednesday with another hour of Case Closed. Thank you.